This is Heather Fleming, founder and director of InPurpose Educational Services. And this is Delaney Ray, the assistant director of InPurpose Educational Services. And welcome to the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, where comfortable friends engage in sometimes uncomfortable conversations. So put your shame on the shelf. There is no room for shame here. And let's get ready to listen, learn, and love. So, Heather. Yes, Delaney. I want to make sure that you are aware and ready for some big things happening next week. (gasps) What's happening? Tell me. First, I think we need to have a real heart to heart. Okay. Am I in trouble? No, no, no. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But you're going to help me through this. Okay. Because you've walked this walk before. Uh, I sure. My my oldest child, Uh my my first baby, Mm -hmm. my offspring. Yes. Is turning 20 next (gasps) week. Oh. 2-0. 20-0. Which is shocking because I'm only 27 myself. So like exactly, it, it's quite unbelievable. I don't know what's going on either. Right. But how how do I even wrap my head around the fact that like I know that at 18 this child became an adult, right? Like I know that, but 18's just not an adult. 18's a teenager. It's, no, yeah. And so like 18, 19, I've been able in my brain to just kind of like screw the word teenager up into this little shape that looked a lot like baby, right? <laughs> How do you do that for 20? 20. Well, I'm, I mean. I'm not going to be able to say my teenagers anymore. Like right now I'll be like, Oh, the teens, my teenagers are at home. I'm not going to have plural teenagers. No, no. You know what? It's a, it's a process. So, you know, me as a, as a mama, when Jordan turned 20, it was like, well, one of the things he was still living at home. And so it was, you know, it was hard, but not too hard. Now it, it really starts to get harder because he's actually semi-independent. He's got his own bills and things like that. So it's just a slow process. But one of the things that I did discover is that I need to let him have his process. You know, some of my expectations was were for him to kind of follow the same path that I followed. And... um you know, but I, I will tell you this. They're your baby forever. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. I I actually teared up trying to talk about it the other day because <laughs> I, I was remembering right before he turned two, my husband said something to me about the fact that two seemed so old, like he wasn't a baby anymore. And I don't know why that memory struck me right now before he's turning 20. And I was like, shut your mouth. 20 is a baby, (laughs) right? Like he's still my baby. Yeah. So so that's happening next week. And that's a big, this is a huge emotional moment for me, which seems silly. Like why this? But something else is happening next week that affects more people than, you know, than just, you, me. Just, you, just me. Just you. Just you. Um, I will say this, and then I will let you move on to that again. Yes. They're always your babies. My son calls me and talks to me more now about more stuff than he did when we were living in a house together. 
like it just it starts to transition your relationship changes but they're still always your baby because let me let him call and me not answer the phone oh my goodness he's getting ready (laughs) to call all over this green earth multiple times and be like where is my mama and (laughs) why is she not answering my call he actually tells me you know i'm the center of your world so i don't know what the problem is why didn't you answer my calls (laughs) jordan Okay, I know, I know, my kids are something else, but yeah, you just get to the point, because remember, I've got Jalen, who's almost um, 20 as as well, he'll be 20 next year, so I get it. And here we go from, well, you and I were talking about yesterday, in case anyone missed it, how did anyone miss it, the video from Steve from Blue's Clues. Those of us mamas who raised our babies on Blue's Clues, like that brought out the waterworks too. Oh my goodness, it was. It was wonderful. And it just brought back all the times that like, like, and every, every parent has done this where you sit back and you realize I'm still watching this. My son's been asleep for like 30 minutes. Yes. Still watching Blue's Clues said that to somebody recently i was like i miss preschool television i need to borrow a kid so i can watch like preschool television is so safe girl paw patrol that was my jam and then the bubble guppies so safe all of it all of it i love it i i think that's what our whole universe needs more of right now is like our whole world everybody stop what you're doing, everything, get off of social media and watch a couple of episodes of preschool TV. Bear in the Big Blue House was a great one back in the day. Like watch some, um, some preschool television and you will remember how to love yourself. Remember how to love your friends. It's so wonderful. Um, w. Kamau Bell has a comedy special called Private School Negro, right? And in it, he's like, let me tell you about the best show ever created. And he's like, I will put it up against the wire, whatever the Sopranos, whatever it is. And he's talking about, um, Oh, Doc McStuffins. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> yes. Like, best show ever created. And I was like, yeah, he, he, it was, it's all of those shows are just so wonderful. And they do kind of remind us of our humanity. So I wonder if, and I think that's the reason why, like, Remember when Tabitha Brown was doing all the um, videos where she'd just be like, hi, baby. Yes. Oh, that's because that's what people needed. Maybe I should start doing those. Yeah. And she has that same kind of soothing voice where, you know, addressing you. And I remember how important that was when I was a child. I loved to watch Romper Room. And every day she would hold up the mirror and she would say name. Now she never said the name Delaney, (laughs) you know, and then the other one I loved, I wouldn't miss any day of was Mr. Rogers. And especially, Mm. you know, the way he would just soothingly talk to you about everything. And when he went to the land of make believe with Daniel, um, the tiger Tiger. and all, oh gosh. That was, and I mean, I think I was a teenager still watching Mr. Rogers. Are you kidding? That's why everybody that was adult loved Bob Ross because that was an adult oriented yeah, was adult Bob. show. But he talked to you in that same way that Mr. Rogers did. Um, LeVar Burton, <gasps> Reading Rainbow. Oh, 
butterfly in the sky. I can fly I can twice. twice as high. Take a look. It's, it's in a book. book. A reading, a reading rainbow. rainbow. I'm not going to hit that other note. So. <laughs> yeah, let's. Can we stop there, please? Okay. Yes. So, tell me about the next thing that's going on next week. The next thing that's going on next week, um, and honestly, this probably will have already happened by the time this episode airs. So, just to kind of remind everybody, there's a week delay here from when we record. So, um, in case you're listening and you're like, "Wow, that makes no sense," September fifteenth is next week. And yes. that kicks off the start of National Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, here, now, now, here's something I've always wondered, okay? Yes, tell me. Why does National Hispanic Heritage Month start on the 15th instead of starting on the 1st? That is a good question. Do you remember back uh-huh. a few months ago, we did an episode uh-huh. where we talked about Cinco de Mayo? Yes. And I kind of got on a soapbox and I kind of went on a rant. (laughs) You just made me choke on my water because, yeah, it was more than a rant. (laughs) Yes, it was. Because so many people mistakenly believe that Cinco de Mayo is Mexican Independence Day. But it's not. It is not. So, in fact, Mexico declared independence from Spain. On uh-huh. September 16th in okay. 1810. Okay. But there are several other Central American countries who also declared their independence from Spain right around September 15th, mm. but not until 1821. So mm. right around this date of September 15th, 16 is a big time of celebration for some of these Central American Hispanic countries countries so this brings me to the so that's why and and actually let me finish what i was going to say there originally it was just a week okay so picking a day in the middle of the month didn't make as much of a difference when it was just one week hispanic um heritage Heritage week Week. but then that was expanded to be a full month and i think it's kind of cool actually to to keep with that date the 15th to the 15th yeah because it's you know it's kind of unique and fun and i think it really does help us remember these independence days um and their importance i think that's really cool because that gives me a lot of background um that's like with with um, Black History Month, everybody's like, it's the shortest month of the year. It's in February. But there's a reason why. And so it's really cool for me to know the reason why um, behind the 15th. So thank you, Delaney. It is important to know. I mean, it's good to know. It is. It really is. I wanted to ask you, Uh do you understand the differences between and the usages of the word Hispanic? versus Latino versus Chicano. A little bit. Would you the, like a refresher? The Chicano is the one I'm a little wobbly on. But yes, I would love a refresher. Delaney. So a lot of people don't understand this. And I think it's a great thing to talk about because I refer to my heritage as being Hispanic. And I think this is going to explain why. So when we use the word his, Hispanic, what we're referring to are people who speak Spanish or who are descendant from Spanish-speaking countries. So that refers more to like the language of people and their ancestors than an actual geographical area. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas Latino is more geographical. And that is specifically for people from Latin American countries, Latin American, South American, um, Central American countries, right? So that's more geographical. So for a person like me, right? My Mm -hmm. family, the Hispanic side of my family, all is from New Mexico, specifically the Taos, New Mexico area. So anybody who understands our history and our geography knows New Mexico and Texas used to be part of Mexico. Right. But then that they became parts of the United States. So we didn't cross the border, the border, the border crossed, crossed us. <laughs> no. yeah, I, I love that that she said that. So, and so yeah, we came with the ahead. land. We were like freebies with the land. <laughs> 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 so for me, I feel like the Hispanic is more of like, uh, because my family is interesting. Mm-hmm. We really are descendants from the Spanish conquistadors that settled in the mountains. Like if you, like my grandmother, most of my family there, if you ask, they are very comfortable with the term Spanish in referring mm-hmm. to themselves. When you go into the the restaurants, to the, the markets, food will be labeled as Spanish food. Here, okay. when you go in, you might find a section that says um, his, Hispanic food, maybe, but a lot of times it mm-hmm. I think says Mexican, but mm-hmm. there it'll say Spanish, Spanish food, because that's really who came there with the Spanish conquistadors. And then like most families there, minus as well, there is a lot of Native American lineage. Okay. Uh, and so the word Latino doesn't fully feel appropriate because that's more of the South and, and Central American. And, you know, we didn't... Right. I don't, I'm, I'm not descendant from people that actually came from South America that, right. That's sitting well for you. So then Chicano, let's go to that one. That is a term that's really used for people who have Mexican parents or grandparents. So it's Mexican, but usually you see that and used in people who were born here in the United States. So it's kind of the same as Mexican American, honestly, but it's it kind of differentiates saying there there being a difference, not having grown up in Mexico, but you know, being born here in the United States, but being of of Mexican ancestry. I've also heard it used differently now. I've also heard it used specifically for people uh, similar to my situation that you know, came from the land right here in the United States, but that clearly are come from Spanish speaking people, darker skinned people, um, native influence, Mexican influence. It, I have you heard it used in those situations as well. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just more comfortable with, with the term Hispanic, Hispanic for, for my, my heritage. But there you go. That's the difference. Hispanic is more of a cult, like a language culture thing. Latino is more of a geographical area. And Chicano has to do with, you know, Mexican, but, but U.S. born. U.S. born. Okay. So like, for instance, someone from Brazil, they would be Latino. Or Latina. Or Latina, sorry, a Latinx. Yes, and that's another one that's that's another term that's used right now. Yes, and then, um, but they would not be Hispanic. Don't they speak Portuguese? Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay, so they would not be Hispanic, but they would be Latina or Latino. Yes, or Latinx. But you See, know what? The the so biggest cool first that. piece of advice I would say is let people tell you how they identify themselves. 
That is all we're saying. <laughs> this is kind of, I'm giving you the rough breakdown, That's, but what I, what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't question somebody. Right. right. I, that I, is I, all we're saying. Just let people just identify themselves. If they want to say that they're Chicana, then I, I try to imitate your accent. I'm learning um, Spanish right now on Duolingo. And so I want to, I'm determined to speak Spanish before I die. Well, I hope you make it farther than I did. I, um, <laughs> you know, I grew up hearing Spanish. My mom and my grandma, that's, you know, most of what they spoke to each other. And, and up mm-hmm. until the age of 10, my, my grandmother lived with us off and on. And so there was a lot of Spanish spoken in the house. So I'm very comfortable with the sounds. Uh-huh. Um, I'm very comfortable with the things that um, adults tend to yell at children, shut your mouth, sit down, mm-hmm. right? Like those, those things I know back and forth. Um, conversationally, I'm probably right up there somewhere with a toddler, which maybe also was why I love preschool television. So um, I can cuss pretty fluently in Spanish. I can say really useful things like, excuse me, is that my fish in your ear? Just because I used to think it was funny to take the words I did know and string them together strangely. But as far as if you need a translator, I'm probably not your girl. Not the person. Yeah. You know what? My allergies are over here like killing me, girl. So anyone that's hearing me <clears throat> clear my throat or um, cough, I apologize. And I do not have COVID. Okay. All right. Just wanted to clear that up. So Delaney. Yes. Um, here's the thing. Like we've had so many conversations about your background, your heritage, um, you know, growing up, your everything. Like, I kind of just want to know, like, what does this month mean to you? As someone that's mixed race, that, et cetera, what does this month mean to you? For starters, I don't think very many people know about this month or celebrate it. <laughs> I wish I saw more, right? Like, for starters, I wish I saw more. Um, inclusion of this information uh, or Hispanic culture, because Mm -hmm. according to the United States Census Bureau, did you know that the U.S. population that identifies as Hispanic or Latino is actually 18.5%? Oh, no, but I do know, I did know that, um, you know, we are a country that continues to get browner, blacker and browner. And so um, pretty soon, I think it's 2044 that they estimate that there will be a flip to where we will be a majority minority country between all of the different um, groups. I also know that in Missouri, our Hispanic population increased um, last year, you know, over the last 10 years, according to the census. And so and it's interesting you said that his um, Hispanic Latino is the majority minority. And so it's probably good for people to know and understand Hispanic heritage, to celebrate, yeah. to think about it, to learn about it. What it means to me is, you know, I think that it's interesting what I identify most with the amazing power of motherhood, right? Like we mm-hmm. all of us, hopefully, not everyone, but but many of us that have really good relationships with our our mother figures, grandmother figures. To me, that is rooted in this brownness, right? That is rooted in right. Hispanic culture. Right. 
And so I do love when I feel like I get to share that with people or for other people to see and experience and feel what feels like home to me. Like the, like the Disney movie Coco, the sounds, oh. the, the food, you know, sometimes I'll turn that movie on and just have it playing in the background because that's a way I can hear I voices cried so and the hard. cadence. Oh, I know. <laughs> I cried so hard on that movie. I, it just one. was so beautiful. And just the way that it presents that cult, you know, the culture. It, and that's what I hope people begin to start realizing and appreciating. It's, it's just the beauty in all of these different cultures that we see. And so to learn about, because I think that it taught me more about, um, help me say, Dia de, de, de los Muertos. I really have to work on my accent. <laughs> Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, which is actually <laughs> Dia de los Muertos. It's actually Muertos. two days, which people don't understand. It's actually two days. Los Dios, los Dios, Dios de los Muertos is um, in, in actuality. And, you know, we should probably do a full episode on that because it is such an amazing, beautiful celebration <gasps> of life. Well, and then on top of that, I think it would be a better, beautiful combination because, you know, the day before I am celebrating my birthday, which is Halloween. Yeah. And then just the whole idea of all of it in there together. And so I, I just, um, it, it just, it helped me to understand it and its cultural significance so much more than reading any article. Do you know I refused that I've ever to read. see that movie for the first few years it was out? Really? Why? Because I was so scared that I would be disappointed in the way it was presented. Yeah. And I just yeah. didn't, I, I, and so it wasn't until somebody promised me that I would love it and said, no, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's done well. It's done culturally correctly because I was scared to watch it. I really was. And, you know, yeah. I think so many times Dia de los Muertos is kind of lost as being Mexican Halloween. And it's not. It's, it's not. not Mexican Halloween. It's not it's something, at all. You're, it's, it's to honor your ancestors. It is. And so I was taught by... Um, my tia Lala, who's still in Taos, New Mexico, mm-hmm. to how to set up an altar. Um, mm-hmm. She is from Mexico. An ofrenda. An ofrenda. And oh. so, yeah. Good I job. Know word. I know. And you want to know how I know that word? Please tell me. Coco. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see? See? Mm-hmm. And so I set up, you know, yearly I set up my altar and... um Unfortunately, every year there are pictures added. This year, um, my husband's cousin who died of COVID back in February mm-hmm. will be like one of the big new family members that will be added this year. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, it's a beautiful celebration, but it's not somber. It's not spooky. It's not Halloween. It's not. And it's so a totally I, different thing. I, I applaud people taking the time to learn. And in fact, <clears throat> I did not, I looked it up before we, recorded today and there is not a date listed. So I suspect this is probably another way that COVID um, is rearing its nasty head. So I've only been once, but I think they do it yearly that there is a Dia de los Muertos celebration at the St. Louis History Museum and it's Uh beautiful and it's well done and people set up the most amazing ofrendas. But I didn't see a date for this year. So either it's not been set yet or they're 
they're holding out because of COVID to do it. But I did find out that they are holding a Hispanic festival that will um, span the weekend of October 2nd and 3rd at the Knights of Columbus in Florissant, Missouri. So if you are in the St. Louis area and you are interested in expanding your horizon of what you know about Hispanic heritage, that's going to be a great opportunity. And I'm sure that that would be um, probably mostly outdoors and safe and fun during COVID season. Yeah, wear your mask get vaccinated. But I would also, if you're not, if you're listening to us from another, you know, state or or wherever, I would also encourage you to look at your local events to see if there's some type of celebration, because it's just, I, I wish people knew how beautiful it is to just learn about other cultures, you know, and, and when I'm saying other cultures, I'm not just talking about, you know, minorities, myself personally, learning about um, Irish culture, learning about, you know, just all these different ones, Greek culture. And it's a a wonderful experience. Um, You know, Japanese culture, my, my daughter loves Japanese culture. And so I've learned um, quite a bit about it as a result. And so you just, the beauty in all of these and, and learning too, like, how different cultural norms and traditions developed is also a really cool thing because a lot of times it's connected to things like just what you said is connected to the land or it's connected to, you know, the people that, that settled the area or certain events that happen. And it just really is interesting. Well, do you want me to tell you another little interesting fact that goes right along with what you were just talking about? Yay. Tell me. Let's talk about food. Because oh. one of the things I was trying to think of, like if you really stop and think about the biggest impact of Hispanic Latino culture here in the United States, it's probably got to be food. Yeah. Do you know that Mexican restaurants, and the last date I could find this for was 2017. So I'm going to assume it's just doubled since then, right? But in 2017, right. Mexican restaurants made up almost 9% of all restaurants in our country. <sighs> They're godsend. They really well, are. They are. And do you remember there was a certain period of time where there were jokes being made about taco trucks? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the taco truck. Let's talk about the food truck industry in general. Anybody who's been to Mexico or experienced Mexico or areas that are heavily populated by Mexicans is probably familiar with street food, right? We hear those terms, street tacos, street corn. Street tacos, they're my favorite. So that goes back to the late 1800s where their street vendors were very popular. And often what they sold was foods like tamales because tamales are very easy to sell on a street corner for a vendor to hand to somebody, right? It's all wrapped up in its own corn husk can be kept hot. So street vendors were very popular in in Mexico, but Mm -hmm. that tradition came to Los Angeles and eventually turned into the use of carts. And so from carts, you could sell all kinds of things, tamales, street corn and tacos. Mm -hmm. But those carts got bigger and bigger and eventually turned into what we now consider food trucks, this current trend of food trucks. So even taco trucks that, you know, we hear comments or jokes or whatever about that really does stem from the traditional method of 
vending food that was in Mexico in the late 1800s. However it came about, I'm just happy (laughs) that it did. I am. So this, this little tidbit about tacos Uh is everything. Tell me about tacos. Tacos actually probably existed in Mexico even before the Spanish arrived. (sighs) Taco history is (sighs) runs so deep. I feel like we should just take a taco moment right now. Just you and me. Like, let's just take a moment and thank tacos for being tacos. So every time I eat a taco, I am paying homage to your ancestors from long ago. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that. I love that. That's right. I'm I'm down for that every single time. (laughs) Every single time. It is. And I think we've talked about food on here. Food is an issue. It's funny that. I know that we love tacos. The tacos kind of bond our entire team together. It does. It does. But, you know, food is one of the things that I've probably been made fun of for multiple times when it comes to my heritage. And plebeians. It's interesting to me how much people believe that what they're used to eating is right and and normal versus what other people eat is somehow wrong and weird and disgusting. And so I was teased a lot as a kid when kids found out that, you know, a typical breakfast, especially, like I said, my grandmother lived with us off and on up until I was about 10. Mm-hmm. She made tortillas every morning. We She made beans every afternoon. So in the mornings, the leftover beans were turned into refried beans. Well, I had no idea <sighs> that beans were made fun of for being the musical fruit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen, let me tell you something. I didn't know that until other kids in my, you know, elementary classroom found out that I had had beans and tortillas for breakfast and sang the song to me all day long. I I could not imagine a better breakfast than beans and tortillas. I, well, except for seafood. You know how much I love seafood. But I I love, and you know this, I love Mexican food. And Spanish food and sushi. And <laughs> sushi. I got to throw that in there. <laughs> I love that. I love that that was just like an addendum. And sushi. Oh, you know, and sushi. So, yeah, it's like um, it just comes down to the fact that's the reason why it's so important for us to keep learning about each other's culture and to keep learning about each other's backgrounds. Because we don't want to just say that our experience is, is the only right experience because there are a lot of different ones that come in and and um we can all learn something from it but yeah i'm just letting you know that if your grandma were still alive and offered me beans and tortillas for breakfast i would be like bless you dear woman thank you thank you so listen i'm going to celebrate all month long but you know what i'm not going to do delaney what are you not going to do? I'm not going to wear a sombrero. Thank you. Oh. You know what else I think you should try to refrain from doing? What's that? Wearing a fake Mexican mustache. <gasps> oh, child. That gets on my nerves so bad. You know what yes. you can do? Yes. What? You can put your money into good mom and pop Mexican restaurants. 
Yes, I'm going to find some food trucks. I bet you can find vendors on Etsy, on Facebook that are I, actually Hispanic and Latino. Yes. Put yes. money into those those minority creators and, mm-hmm. and buy their handmade decorations as opposed to paying a large some store. to Party City. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to get your Dia de los Muertos stuff at Party City. Yeah, you can get it from from um authentic and knowledgeable crafters. You could get a beautiful sugar skull made oh. from somebody that that it, you know is a special part of their culture and that they're you know willing to sell their yeah goods. and make sure that you're getting it from someone from that culture. So, well, Delaney, is there yes. anything else you want to tell me? You know, I suddenly got that scared feeling. That was kind of a very teacher thing to say. <laughs> I don't. I suddenly feel like there's something I need to tell you. You know what? I'll be honest. I used to. Um, that's how I used to get my students. If I couldn't find out the information that I wanted to find out, I would just um, go to them and be like, "Is there something you want to tell me before I hear it from someone else?" It always works. They tell me everything. Yeah, I just felt that way. I was about to confess all kinds of stuff to you. (laughs) (laughs) That I would then just edit out later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what I would like to tell you is I love this. Let's do it again next week. I agree. I love you. I love you too. Then bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can email us at listenlearnlove at inpurposeea.com. Find us on Facebook at Listen Learn Love Podcast. And please consider supporting us through Patreon at patreon.com backslash listenlearnlove. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at inpurposees or on Twitter at inpurposeea. Hey, we'll see you next week.